future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hey, welcome, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour brought to you by 360karma.com. We are so fortunate today to have on one of Time Magazine's most 100 influential people in alternative medicine, and that is Dr. Holly Lucille. And then later in the show, we are going to be talking with Katrina Deaton. She's a transplant here in LA from Philadelphia, and she's a fantastic filmmaker and writer. So stay tuned for that. And now, please give a warm welcome to Dr. Holly. Hi, Dr. Holly. How are you? Catherine, I'm great. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. Something woo-woo's going on here. My phone's not working. Your phone's not working. We were trying to go live. And uh, what is that? It, I heard Mercury's in retrograde. I know people. Don't, a lot of people don't believe in that, but something's up. I bank on it every time because I, <laughs> I, it yeah. will, usually saves me a trip to the the. Apple Genius Bar. If yeah. I can just go, okay, I'm just going to wait for this time to yeah. pass. <laughs> but yeah, something is going on. It is. We'll just have to enjoy the ride. Yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, I am thrilled to have you on, and I want to talk about, you know, how, what was your journey into becoming uh, a doctor of holistic medicine and yep. integrative medicine, yep. um, especially since I know you grew up in the Midwest with two pharmacists as parents. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, so yeah. I'm a licensed naturopathic doctor, um, proud to be one. And that's just, you know, if you look at naturopathic medicine, I'll just give a, a brief sort of description. If we compare it to conventional Western medicine, mm -hmm. um, we use principles like identify and treat the cause. So mm -hmm. not just suppression of symptoms, but we really want to get into the root of what's going on. So what you're saying usually in Western medicine is that we just try to, to cover up what we're feeling like in other words like uh we feel pain take a pill get rid of the pain but in integrative medicine in in eastern medicine it's more like well let's get to the root of what the pain is yes, well, and cure that yes right that's a great that's yeah. a good point in in western conventional reductionistic mm -hmm. medicine and there's value in all systems of medicine i yeah. i say that yes um but the 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 scope of practice is more sort of reductionistic, just reducing you to a lab test or a diagnosis or a symptom you're having and just focusing on that symptom. In naturopathic medicine, treat the whole person, mm -hmm. identify and treat the cause, use the least invasive methods to diagnose and treat first. And I have a license to practice primary care, care here in California. Mm -hmm. And so we still have that ability to practice medicine, to understand um, pathophysiology and microbiology yeah. and all those great things. Yeah. So yes. Did you have coffee this morning? I did not. <laughs> I am completely off of caffeine. You are excited about this, Yes, aren't you? I always am. So yeah, but I did. I grew up in the Midwest, the daughter of two pharmacists. Yeah. And I was really well-versed, even as a young child of yeah. here take this yeah. you know if something yeah. was wrong here take this yeah and I think that was our culture growing up in our age group yes. you know growing up it was uh, always take the antibiotics get out the z-pack if you have a little something going on yes which could have been the worst thing for us you know <laughs> killing yeah right well and you yeah. know like I said I think there's a place for everything yeah but I even as a young child I sort of just butt up against that yeah. I would 
bother my parents yeah. and I'd ask questions like, well, why? Yeah. What's it going to do for me? Is there anything I could eat that would make me feel better? Right. Like even as a youngster. Yeah. And so then I got involved in nursing. That's where I went yeah. to be a bachelor degree nurse. And I drove my instructors crazy just like I felt like I drove my parents crazy with the same line of questioning. Yeah. And I thought, of course, it's just me. You know, yeah. I... It, common denominator is I'm the troublemaker, I'm the rabble rouser, I can't be satisfied until I found the American Holistic Nursing Association. Yeah. And it was then. I think a lot of people don't even know that that exists. It's a great organization. Yeah. And it was then when I went to their postgrad sort of thingy um, that I felt like I my soul came home for the very first time as an adult, a young adult. So growing up in the Midwest, uh, your, your parents' pharmacists, you were always kind of questioning that. Just like innately as a kid, you thought, isn't there a better way? Isn't there something alternative? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was like I almost was born to think more universal terms, yeah. more comprehensive ways of thinking through things. Because um, people so, think there's only one way. Like, oh, there's only Western medicine. And people think, I think that Eastern medicine, a lot of people, more and more people are opening up to it. But I think they're thinking it's kind of woo-woo. I don't know why. Why, you know, why can't we be open-minded to all different types right. of, you know, approaching yeah. things with health? I, well, I don't know, you know, what does it hurt us to open up our minds to the possibility yes. that there are better or different or other ways of doing things? Using our minds yeah. is a beautiful thing, and yeah. I think opening them up a little bit. Yeah. Because as I've said before, I think there's value in all systems of medicine. They're just different. Yeah. And if you really, you know, I always say, hey, do you have a primary care provider? And I think everybody should say yes, because everybody should be primarily in charge of providing care for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's really our responsibility. Mm -hmm. You know, I got in a horrible motorcycle accident. I was very thankful for right. Western medicine and all of the advances. And I right. think there's a place and time for everything. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So you had a, a horrific motorcycle accident that you almost didn't walk away from that's correct yes. wow yeah and then that laid you up for a long while do you still motorcycle ride i do <laughs> everybody i know that like has these terrible accidents they they go back to it it's, i bought the exact same motorcycle that i wow i crashed i yeah. don't know if that's crazy or brave <laughs> i've been riding motorcycles since i was in second so grade. it's like in your blood it yeah is. so you almost died from it uh and and then your road back was a combination of Western and Eastern medicine? Because well, I know you're a big practitioner of both, right? Yes. Of integrating it? Inter well, integrating it, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think the integration of all the um, options out there for folks, as long as you're keeping that person's best interest in mind. Yes. Sometimes a hip replacement is the best integrative medicine that you can do at the time. Right. If I have somebody who's coming to see me who's like, you know, I've got this pain, but I'm, I'm going to take curcumin you know, evidence-based as far as being a great anodyne and, and treating pain. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, you know, if I look at the scans and I'm like, I think you need a hip replacement. That could be a recommendation from me mm -hmm. based on that person's needs. Right. So there is a place in, for everything. So what about in Eastern medicine? Like, let's say when they couldn't do a hip replacement at some point in, back in time, uh, or even maybe today, uh, what what would they have recommended? Like, what would be the alternative to getting the hip replacement? Like, well, that's a, a great question. Yeah, I would love to know that answer myself. Right, so you you would about, too, right? You think about <laughs> modalities, though, like in traditional Chinese medicine, so yeah. acupuncture. Um, yeah. Now, and then perhaps, you know, perhaps somebody at that point in time, bone on bone, no cartilage left, would have to live with that. But I think mitigating um, the pain and also increasing quality of life 
people would do that's things. why you would integrate it sure. right yeah yeah interesting so you were going along being a nurse and at what point did you decide that you wanted to take it a step further and be a homeopathic doctor yeah so naturopathic doctor yeah. and oh what, naturopathic, naturopathic. Um, yeah, that's yep. what i meant homeopathy is wonderful <laughs> like cures like yeah. so it's a whole school of medicine yeah as um, long as it's not a psychopathic doctor yeah, it's not a psychopathic <laughs> doctor <laughs> i've been called a lot of things <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> Well, through the American Holistic Nursing Association, I found out about naturopathic medicine. And mm -hmm. at that t time, there were four schools. Mm -hmm. um, so I went and I visited uh, Bastyr and the National College up in, in uh, Portland, Oregon. And right. I'd lived in Midwest most of my life, and I didn't yeah. really want to be in that climate. So yeah. I found the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine in Tempe, Arizona. And I was living out here in Los Angeles at the time. And I thought, you know what? It's my time. I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to go. And so... I just I went back to school. I, I think I was 31 years old and went four 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 years full year round. I did wow. sort of two back to back internship residencies yeah. um, with people that I really wanted to study further with. That's great. And Never then, too old to live the dream. Yeah, and then I came back and started my practice here. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you love doing it. I love doing yeah. it. I do so many things. I've had a, a blessed career with them. Um, it being very diversified. But yeah. one of the favorite things I do is to be able to sit with somebody and say, you know, tell me what's going on because I want to know how I can help. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, and then actually seeing the progress. The outcomes. Yeah. That's probably even better. <laughs> I know that you've been on uh, The Doctors and Dr. Oz. Uh, that's really prestigious. Uh, I mean, they don't just have anybody on. So when you were on those shows, what were the topics of expertise that they had you talking about specifically with regard to holistic health? So the little doctor's yeah. piece was on lavender um, oh. and mostly in aromatherapy mm -hmm. uh, and, and the medicinal uh, um, benefits of that. So aromatherapy has been around for a long time yeah. and lavender has been proven in clinical studies once again to have that relaxation, mm -hmm. that anti-anxiety. And there's actually a oral preparation of lavender that you can take so orally mm. um you can it, so, it, so you don't have to sniff it it's called lavella yeah because i yeah. don't really like sniffing that no. stuff well yeah. it, 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 you take it orally and i mean the and it's study, relaxing well it is yeah. used for anti-anxiety and on it's the like, hamilton wait a rating minute. scale are you telling me this is like a natural quaalude <laughs> this is like a natural this is like a natural xanax Relax it. oh like a natural xanax exactly. okay yes yeah. it's you it's called selexin i believe over in the uk and of course over in the uk mm -hmm. they're far ahead of us when it Right. comes to some of these more natural um, interventions that are effective. But and yes. because uh, stress is what causes cancer and all these diseases, I would think it would be sure. great that yeah. lavender is like this nice natural relaxant, Yeah, right? That's right. It's, yeah. It really is. Um, and then on the do on Dr. Oz, we did talk about stress ah. and, um, and the different kind of ways that women uh -huh. manifest stress, whether you sort of a brooder and you hold it in, or if you get sort of chaotic about it, or, or you're an you know exploder, yeah. And then things that we can do for each individual to help that. One of them was um, an adaptogen, which is a kind of plant medicine that helps you adapt to stressors. So wow. it, I call it fuse lengtheners. It kind of lengthens your fuse because when we're overly stressed, yeah. we have a decrease in a stress short, resistance. Short we have a short fuse. fuse. Yeah. yeah. So things like ashwagandha and rhodiola, um, we talked about with Dr. Ross. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I read somewhere that uh, stress is not a real thing. It's the way we perceive things. Sure. And I'm a big believer in that. Like, you can take two different people and put them in traffic, 
and we know we have plenty of that here in LA, and one person reacts differently than the other, all based on perception. I yes. read a book about this, about you know how you don't you know get angry in traffic is you don't perceive it as being something that gives you angst or oh all these stupid people or you know whatever you're sure. whatever you're telling yourself, but instead take your focus off of that and just say everybody's doing the best they can and I think I'll put on some music mm -hmm. and you know relax and I'll get there when I get there right. and you know like that's how we have to handle it yeah. so perception is such a huge part of it how we perceive it yeah. and also how we respond to it or yeah. react to it right and um, I think how we react or respond is in direct correlation to how we perceive it right yeah yeah I, one of my mentors uh, who I Pema Chodron the the Buddhist monk I think she has said and it might have been a teacher of hers that said we have more projections than there are dust mites in a sunbeam meaning that's all we have is yeah who we are, how we've learned to perceive things. Yes. And then we project out on the world. So if somebody has been like, oh, this is found time, I could listen to my podcast or I can yeah. listen to my book on tape, yeah. you know, because I'm driving home and it's going to take me 15 minutes right. later. Right. That's their reality. Yeah. But if somebody is like, why are you moving and like yeah. all amped up? Yeah. Sometimes like me. Um, it's because what, what, how did we learn to behave? Yeah. Speaking of that, I have a friend that commutes every day, like an hour or hour and a half to work each day. And she does tell me she listens to our Live, Love, Thrive podcast. So that That's is awesome. a, that is a way that more and more people are passing their time in the car is yeah. listening to a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's relaxing and informative, hopefully, or, sure. or entertaining. And You yeah. can either be a victim or a creative, you know, a sort of a creative yeah. response to what's going yeah, on. Yeah, because when else do you have time to listen to stuff or a book or whatever? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I know you, besides being a, a motorcycle rider, you're also a guitar player. I love that. The rocker doctor. <laughs> I just came to see you and uh, your partner uh, yep. at their, at, at uh, Molly Malone's. Molly Malone's, we played. She is so talented, your your wife. Yes, she's my um, wife. Oh my gosh, she's such a talented songwriter and Thank singer. You. And I, I so enjoyed it, but you were up there with her, rocking out with the band on your guitar. Bass I'm guitar. like, you go, girl. I hold down the low end. Yeah, I like so, that. Is that so fun? It's so much fun. Yeah. It's so fun to have a balance in life and, and to work. I was work. just going to say that. Yeah. You just read my mind. I was going to say, you have such a balance in life because you're doing all these amazing things work wise got this great relationship and you're having fun yeah you're doing your motorcycles and playing your guitar and having a great time yeah I appreciate yeah. that um I, you know it's taken me a long time to get to that place yeah. I think I was driven and sort of um got myself into trouble and different aspects of being driven and not having fun right and, you know sort of taking care of myself on the surface but not really taking care of all of me and, and so and I think this is very common and I don't want to brush over it because I think it's so important to yeah. our listeners who are uh, a lot of them are our middle-aged us yes. you know middle-aged and us. uh yeah we're, we're being kind to ourselves here and uh <laughs> and um you know that too many people are just so all consumed by their career yeah. and their finance building and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, how important it is to have that balance to not only our happiness, but our productivity. Yeah. Uh, if you slow down and you're doing things that you love, you are actually going to be way more productive in, in your business life. Yeah. Uh, burnout doesn't do anybody any good. No. So that balance is, is something that's got to be a priority. And the one good thing about this is it is all a choice, isn't it? 
It is. Yeah. And I, you know, I think every path has its pace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certainly with age, we, we earn that sort of wisdom and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, I've seen this before yeah. and we can settle in a little bit more. But it, it, there's something to say about getting to a point where enough is enough as far as um, you know, you want to make a loving, but just have fun and have a balance and be able to give back, mm-hmm. um, but be able to connect and um, be intimate and not intimate in a in a sexual way whatsoever, but intimate. Although that's people. not bad either. No, well, <laughs> that is part of the pie, right? We got to have a part of the balance. Of <laughs> but being intimate yeah. and getting off of our phones and actually talking to people. Yes. Or being, being intimate present. with yourself by having a journaling mm-hmm. session or. Mm-hmm. Reading or yeah. listening to something that provokes you in a way that you haven't been provoked before, like a new podcast. And right. so I feel like that intimacy um, with each other is starting to sort of, you know, be a something of the past just because of all of our gadgets and we're so connected yet disconnected from ourselves mm-hmm. and from each other. And I want to sort of start cultivating that intimacy back into my life um, in way more than just like popping mm-hmm. on a Facebook thread and, right. and throwing my opinion out there, you right. know? Um, you know, connecting. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people poo-poo Facebook and I think there are good things about it. It's all about, about the it. user. Yeah, I think there are it's positive about things user. about, hey, it's so nice that uh, I get to keep up with uh, my friend got a new dog or or they lost a parent or, sure. or um, hey, there's an event coming up. I think it's a great way for us to perpetuate community. Yes. But I do think it's detrimental when people spend too much time on it or use it in a negative way. Yeah. And there is a lot of that because it can be uh, also draining uh, or t- uh, a real time suck. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like what I've noticed as well is that people tend to be a little bit more courageous when they're, you know, got the yeah. mighty screen in front of them, yeah. saying things that I bet you they would never say to a human being's face right. about a yeah. subject or about that person. And right. that's what's tearing me up, really. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be used in a positive way, but yeah. that goes it's all for about just the about user. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the user. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's what's next for you? I know you do a radio show. Do a podcast yeah. called Mindful Medicine. Um, yeah. My How whole, can people, is that on your website? That, that is, can... uh, yeah, it's on my website and also iTunes, so it drops every Tuesday. Okay. Um, my goal with that show and is the name to of the show is Mindful Medicine. Mindful Medicine, mm-hmm. and they can also get it at drhollylucille.com. Yep, drhollylucille.com, that's just D-R. So opening up your own mind and trying to... Get, sift through all the information and sometimes misinformation and yeah. certainly misguided marketing techniques that are out there mm-hmm. and being able to really think things through mm-hmm. to make good choices for each individual and their family is, is my goal. Like, let's mm-hmm. think this through. It's kind right. of been my tagline. Like, yeah, I'd like to hear some success stories like um, like just you don't have to put names to it, sure. but like some people that have come to you with a specific type of ailment that someone on my show might be listening and say, oh my God, I have that ailment. So like, what was the ailment and what was the uh, solution that could be handled holistically as opposed to with drugs? It's a great Uh, question. It's not a straightforward answer because I've been in practice for 17 years and I have a lot of these. Yes. But let me just answer it more generally, okay? It's my job to understand if I'm identifying and treating the cause, the multitude of contributing factors to to what what brings somebody to present to my clinic, so mm-hmm. the clinical presentation. Mm-hmm. And in our modern day, stress, as we've said, it's a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, people's dietary choices are sometimes a contributing factor. Yes. Alcohol, food, um, sleep, mm-hmm. uh, lack of nutrients, mm-hmm. genetics can be in there. So it's looking at everybody in a very holistic, right, yes. full picture way. Right. So in my medicine, 
here, take this is very easy. Your, your, your thyroid, let's just pick on thyroid because that's a, it's a very prevalent condition, especially mm. for women. Mm. Thyroid starts to underfunction. You go to a conventional Western doctor, I bet you in their scope, I know their scope, you're gonna, your TSH is high, that means your thyroid is low, and you're gonna get a medication called Synthroid. That is pretty much the protocol to do. And they're, they're acting within their scope. Mm -hmm. For me, if you come to my office and you're a relatively healthy 30-some-year-old woman and your thyroid starts to underfunction, I'm gonna wanna ask, I wonder why, what's going on? Mm -hmm. We have to get to the root cause of that. Right. And so there are many causes in our modern day. Number one is, a, is, a, is an autoimmune disease. So we need to take that up and that has to do with gut issues. Mm -hmm. The thing about my medicine- Which could, could uh, be dietary. Dietary, yep. yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, historically, you know, mm -hmm. and what, what, what in our microbiome, there's so right. much re rich research right. coming right. up about our microbiome. I ask people, I match the multiple contributing factors with multiple recommendations. So lifestyle interventions are gonna be in there. Dietary recommendations are gonna be in there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in divided doses, multiple uh, evidence-based clinical nutrition and or botanical medicines that we wanna use. That's Which not, would be like vitamin supplements and that sure. type of thing. Sure, so dietary mm -hmm. supplements as far as- Herbs. Yeah, or, uh, and then botanical medicines are plants, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it's not really easy medicine. I'm ask, actually asking a person to be involved, but when there is that engagement there and you truly enter that partnership mm -hmm. and there's not just compliance like, oh, I do, you know, I just did what Dr. Holly said. Mm -hmm. It's that um, adherence. Adherence means there's a faithful attachment to somebody, to something. I want people to adhere to their because they, they understand. Mm -hmm. That's where doctor in Latin, dossier means to teach. I want to be able for to have solid rationale behind anything I recommend. And at the end of the day, know that it's my patient's choice. Mm -hmm. And I leave that. I, I, no doctor's right. orders here. It's right. like, this is what I think we should do. These are our best laid plans. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure we follow your body because that is what's going to get us to the right and you know the the, the very and mm -hmm. and cases after cases after cases of this process mm -hmm. it's different right mm -hmm. it's not just here take this it's not going down to, to your pharmacy paying the copay taking that top off the bottle taking your medication and calling it a day and that's your health care it is that you are engaged right. from a 360 perspective and so see how i got that yeah, 360 yeah exactly <laughs> and and 360 karma <laughs> What I and it is, and I what I love is that uh, instead of like conventional doctors where you go in and they give you about thirty seconds to sure. two minutes to you know they, it sounds like you do something very comprehensive that you really get to know them and their lifestyle, and I don't care if they have depression or MS or cancer or whatever you have integrative ways to address any issue. Absolutely. Yeah. And also in things like cancer or MS, you know, I've seen people with cancer or MS. Now, one of the biggest jobs that I have if somebody is is going through a, a bout with cancer, mm -hmm. if they have chosen conventional cancer mm -hmm. um, treatments, radiation, chemotherapy, you can actually help that person outcome because we can protect from those are very powerful agents right yeah. and they they're life-saving yeah but they're also very harmful to cells that we don't want to kill right and so we can go in there and actually that's the that's the integrative part yes with ms it is a progressive disease let's do everything we can to identify where it started and also slow that progression right you know instead of just okay here take this yeah so it is really about people being aware and being empowered that there are second opinions and a blend of systems of medicine that you can choose from in order to get best outcomes for themselves i love that well thank you for being on thank today. you so much for having me this is amazing information i hope people reach out to dr lucille uh, dr holly lucille Com. Yep. 
And thank you for being here. You're doing amazing work. You as well. Getting yeah. the word out there all, all across the airways. I thank love you. it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right, my friend. Uh, we will be right back uh, with uh, Katrina Deaton. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to the Live, Love, Thrive show, where we bring you powerful and positive programming about women and those who support women's empowerment. It seems by sharing their stories and showing us their talent and potential, they remind us of our own. We ask you to join us weekly by taking a minute to subscribe to our 360 Karma YouTube channel so you get to see every episode of these uplifting and inspiring stories. We all need more of this, yes? And did you know we have the Live, Love, Thrive book on our 360 Karma website and on Amazon? If you enjoy reading books of incredible women who are doing amazing work in the world, you will want to pick up a copy. Also, when you join 360karma.com, you will enjoy our growing video content of expert advice and support and learn about our workshops and our second annual Women's Conference in West Hollywood, November 3rd and 4th of this year. If you would like to align with a like-minded, purpose-driven community, you will feel at home at 360karma.com. We encourage and support you to live the life you love. RTB Financial Group empowers women to raise the bar and take control of their financial future. For more information, visit rtbfinancialgroup.com or call Amanda Barr at 424-284-4216. The Live Love Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Katrina Deaton. Hi, Katrina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I know that you moved here to L.A. from mm -hmm. Philly. Philadelphia. Yeah. You knew my friend Michelle Polino there. I do. The I famous do. Michelle Polino from Fox News. Very who we love. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding personality. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, never a dull moment with her. <laughs> So, and how do you two know each other? You you worked on a film together or something, right? Well, we, we did, actually, yeah. but we met prior to that. I had a film in the Philadelphia International Gay and Lesbian, um, Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. Uh -huh. um, I don't even think it exists anymore, actually. I think it was Q-Fest, and then it went through some changes. Um, it was a feature film called Underneath. Yeah. Um, now, how old were you when you did that? In 2007, you were oh, young, right? Now, you about to get me in trouble. Yeah, yeah. 2007. <laughs> no. that, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a while ago. Yeah, that was, was 10 like, years yeah. ago. I, we started, I think I was about 20. Four? Good for you. And you did 24? your first feature film at 24. Yeah. And I no, did that's it, an inspiration. Yeah. I did it with $3,000 and a, a lot of favors. Uh, yeah. None sexual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm glad we clarified that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a reputation for other things, of course. So that particular film, because I want to talk about all the cool things that you're working on, your mm -hmm. plays and your upcoming film. and But let's talk about that first feature film. It was called Underneath. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. And it was kind of an autobiography of your coming out story? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. The, the title Underneath just comes from a place of like, we all project some sort of image. I yeah. mean, we're in the we're in the phase of social media where we project images all the time, mm -hmm. and you have this character who projects an image that she wants her friends, family, and coworkers, and everybody that she wants them to accept this image. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when it comes down to it, behind closed doors, who is she underneath it? I see. And she was a very closeted <laughs> homosexual with a lot of inner turmoil. So you, so in the beginning of the movie, you're not out. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, we, not and, at all. And any of us in, in the gay community, we most of us know what that feels like. It feels very unauthentic, 
and it's a big burden to carry when you're not out because you're pretending really to be something you're not and it's a terrible place to feel fear of being who you really are and fear of rejection whether it be from family or friends or co-workers and so it's great that you did a movie about it yeah. and so uh, the storyline was that you came out well you know or I think it wasn't really m um, much about coming out you know I don't want to be like back in those days but <laughs> back then I, I don't even think there was a language to yeah what you called having um, affections or a certain draw towards somebody of the same sex. And mm -hmm. um, I think when I was coming out, it's like I knew, I, I mean, like since second grade, I always had this draw actually towards both, but I never really had the language because there weren't many images right. um, or people in my neighborhood that I saw that were gay right, or anything like that. So it was like I... And there, you know, when you and brought it up, either. I, I relate to yeah, that. When yeah. When you so when you brought it up, it was like, oh, like nobody does that, or no, oh, okay. So you dismiss that part of yourself. So there isn't any language, um, no definitive things or qualities or just mm -hmm. anything that you can associate yourself with. So within that, it's just like I have these emotions, I have these feelings, I want to act out on them, but I don't really know what that is and what that. Oh, looks so in like. the movie underneath, you never did come out. It was just this is what's underneath. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. So that's interesting. I mean, the whole the whole thing with coming out generally for me is just is just you know allowing people see to see another side of myself mm -hmm. that is like yes I I I am drawn to whoever I'm drawn to right um, and yeah. I have a preference my preference is you know females of course right. but at the end of the day I'm more drawn beyond all that to to joy. And right. happiness to, yeah. and, and, and anybody who allows me to, yeah. to have that and cultivate that and who nurtures right. that. I think that's a good place to be. I think yeah. it's great when people can be attracted to either just for whatever the person is and, and what it brings them. I, not, I don't think everybody can be attracted to either, but I think some people can, and that's a wonderful gift. Yeah. So um, after doing Underneath, uh, uh, I guess you made that back in Philly? Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah. So yeah. then you came to L.A. shortly thereafter? Um, I actually did another production in Philadelphia, um, the Philadelphia Fringe. I, I, I moved from, you know, like filmmaking to theater production. Right. As long as you can write, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, essentially, like, I, I consider myself to be a storyteller, like, slash mm -hmm. creator. And yeah. the stories that come to me... Um, they tell me how they want to be told, Yeah, what medium they want to be told in, and, and the way you tell it like really does set the pace for that, that story. I love what you just said, because there's people out there that feel that they're writers, and it is always interesting to have that conversation. Should something that they're writing be a play? Should it be a screenplay? Should it be a book? Should it be a song? And I think it's great that you can tap into your insides and know, okay, this feels like a play. Or this feels like a movie. That's a that's a good gift for people to be thinking about within them own selves. They know they want to write, but they don't always know in what mm -hmm. in what genre, right? Right. And I think with certain mediums, I I love theater. I think theater has a certain rawness to it. I love theater. It's unapologetic, yeah. and I think it's the most unapologetic raw form. Yeah, I'm going to New York in a couple of weeks to, to see Broadway, and I mean to me, that's like the ultimate. Yeah, stage, yeah. I, I just came from there. Yeah, oh really? Um, I saw the Great Comet. I think it's oh, called. Oh yes, wow! Was it fabulous? Yes, it was awesome. Oh my gosh! Awesome. I, I recommend it, it. I just love Broadway. I moved here from New York, and I'm just 
a total Broadway junkie. Yeah. Yeah. Zell's my girlfriend. She yeah. loves Broadway too. Yeah. So um, now you're moving in. Okay. So also you did another uh, play, I remember, called right. Kathy's Daughter, yeah, which that's was the about play. your mom. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for the most part, the rawness that I was talking about, I, I tackled some really intense issues dealing with uh, suicide and domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And I found that um, when and, you. And why? I mean, I think you said domestic violence because uh, well, yeah. it was in your household. Yeah, I grew up in a home suicide. With, in domestic violence um, home. And then, yeah, I dealt with suicide. With? Myself, yeah. Like oh, I, with yourself? I, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went, I went through a period where, like, yeah, suicide attempts were, were, were Is that were because done. of the domestic violence? Um, I think everything adds to it, but I had a lot of things in my history um, that kind of like built up. And then mm -hmm. when you don't deal with things, it catches up to you mm -hmm. and it can be a, it's like a wave. It mm -hmm. overwhelms you and it, you almost drown in it when you don't deal with things as they come. So for other people that might relate to this that grew up with the domestic violence in their household like you did, how did you end up overcoming that monster? Like what, what work did you do? Um, a lot of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like a good therapist. Um, a lot of therapy, a lot of writing. Mm, that can be so cathartic, right? Yeah. So when you write these shows, that's cathartic to you. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, mm -hmm. it's definitely a release. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, like having like a really good bowel movement, if I can say that without <laughs> being too crass. No but shit. yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like really taking a real good proper one. And then when, when you let it go, you let it go. Right. And yeah. Kathy's daughter was one of those things because, you know, when you when you have situations or you have topics like domestic violence, you mm -hmm. always hear it from the person who's being abused. Right. Um, you don't hear from the children who witnessed this throughout their lifetime and how it affects them. So Kathy's daughter is you. Yes, ma'am. And it's about your life in that spectrum. Mm -hmm. And this is a play. Mm -hmm. And so what is the gist of it? Well, you have this, this, <laughs> this woman who is essentially in a hotel room um, contemplating suicide mm -hmm. and she takes the audience on her journey all the things that happen in her life that kind of push her to this limit mm. where she feels like she just cannot deal with life and this is you and it's a true story mm -hmm. yeah yeah for the most part and um pretty much she goes through these instances in her life like because the it, it's set up like a one-woman show, but she has an ensemble cast that kind of mm -hmm. reenact the things that happen in her life. So it opens up with a really, really intense scene of her mom being beaten by um, her stepfather. Um, so with so this was your stepfather, not your actual father. No, not not this story. No. Oh, but in real life, <laughs> yeah, it was your father or your. Stepfather? Oh, it was my no. It was my stepfather. I, I hear but, that a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times it's the stepfather. So your father was he a cool guy or? Uh, my father at this point wasn't in my life at mm -hmm. the time. Um, I see. He actually just recently entered my life about three years ago, two oh, three years ago. Is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah it is. Good. I mean, you love people for for who they are, and they yeah. love you for you know the same, and you accept what they bring to your life mm -hmm. and. Um, you love them for that, and as long as it doesn't um, go against anything that you are, your energy, your vibe, and, mm -hmm. and what's healthy and happy for you, then it's all good. Is uh, your mom still here? No, my mom actually died. We celebrated um, 20 years, 20 what? years ago. Oh, so yeah. she died when you were really young. Yeah, she died when I was 16. And how did that occur? Why did she die so young? 
Um, well, it's a really trippy story that I'll make very short. But um, for the most part, they say coronary artery disease, but um, it, the situation was, was very, very, like, just not, you know, the best. <laughs> if I'm trying to, like, cleaning up, clean it up without really going into too much detail, but... Um, she was found, and when she was found, the rigor mortis had already set in completely. So there was some suspicion of something not so right with what actually happened. Well, I can't imagine how traumatic that was for you, A, to lose her, and B, not to really know what happened. Yeah. So I can imagine there was a lot of therapy and writing <laughs> yeah. to, right. you know, kind of process that. Right. Yeah, so you really never know what happened. Well, yeah, I mean, well, no, no, yeah. I'll say no. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I know that play, you have teamed up with uh, domestic violence organizations. Yeah, I teamed yeah. up with um, American Suicide Prevention, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention and Women in Transition. Mm -hmm. And the money that we got from the production, half of it went to both those organizations. Well, that must have felt good. Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. And we actually did the suicide walk. Um, prevention walk I think like two weeks after we wrapped oh, so it was, cool. it was a beautiful thing and it was just really about spreading the awareness of things that are really kind of taboo mm -hmm. that we don't what really I love about, about your work is that everything you do and we'll talk about more stuff everything you do is to help tell stories to move and educate people uh, about things that are um, difficult to talk about whether it's domestic violence or suicide. And then we're going to talk next about your next short project, which I think is fascinating, uh, which is called About Face. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know you're both working on a, a play and on the, this short. And About Face, uh, I found it fascinating in that it's about uh, a white man and a black woman switching places. Right, yeah. So that the white man can see what it's like to be in this world as a black woman and that as a black woman, you get to see what it's like to be in this world as a white man. Yeah. Now, how did you come up with this concept? And what's what's yeah, what's the story? Uh, well, you know, that? you know, it's been brewing for a while. Um, I think it's it's kind of crazy because the way in which like I grew up, um, people were always telling me that my life would be better than than the average person of color because I had curly hair and my hair was long and I had. Um, my, my complexion was lighter. So people already created stories for my life before they even asked me yeah. <laughs> what my life yeah. um, was, was like. And Isn't it interesting, too, as human beings, we meet people and we become friends with them and we don't even know their backstory or yeah. what they've been through. We we yeah. judge people all the time. We we look at, we look at somebody and we say, oh, we know that person. Right. So it happens is all the, the time. point that even a white male could have some backstory that is difficult? Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And I and I think, you know, it's two sides of the coin. I mean, we know how this country is. We know, you know, how impartial they can be yes. to gender and yeah. race and things like that. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it is fair to a approach every person as an individual. Mm -hmm. and talk to them and get to know their story Absolutely. before you, you just give them their story for them. Yeah, that's what and, I love about doing this show. I mm -hmm. absolutely love the diverse uh, array of people that I meet that share their story because everybody's story is amazing and interesting and extraordinary. Everybody has had their different trials and tribulations. Nobody 
in this lifetime have I found yet, and I've interviewed you know over a hundred women that nobody's over not had some obstacles to overcome. Right. You know, it's just a matter of which ones were they. Right. And, and then the second part of it is how did they deal with it? Right. Did they let it take them down or did they overcome it? And I think it's really cool that you write about things that, to, to be cathartic about things. That and I think we, we we sometimes get caught up in the who suffers worse than whom. Mm-hmm. My my friend um, says it best when she says, like, I don't want to enter into the the tragedy Olympics yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't want to get into arguments with people over like who suffered more when right. when the, the, that's one contest I don't want to win. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, the the bigger picture is that nobody should suffer. Exactly. Nobody should face these trials and tribulations yeah. in their lifetime and yeah. although it makes us better people, um at the end of the day we're grateful mm-hmm. and we share. Like right. that that's the whole thing that we share our experiences in order to become greater. So I know you're still looking for funding for this short film called About Face that we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. could reach you at About Face the movie? <laughs> the film. The, the about film. Face the about film. Face the Film at, at Gmail. gmail. Yeah. Dot com. Yeah, I'd like to see you get funding for that because uh, it sounds like a really important film to make. And um, I know it doesn't take a huge budget because obviously you, oh, no. you've done a lot with a little. So. Um, Always. Yeah. There's, there's I mean, a will, there's a way. Yeah. When you're an artist, uh, whether you're writing or making a film, um, it's it's really tough. You know, it's a tough struggle because it's important for there to be art like this that's um, impactful and meaningful. And yet it's I don't know why it's so hard to raise money. I had this conversation with right. a friend of mine the other day about, you know, they'll pay celebrities and uh, basketball players a gazillion dollars but gosh give a filmmaker or mm-hmm. a great writer or art painter and they're struggling why is that you know more money should definitely be put toward the arts and I don't know how we're ever going to fix that but uh, we certainly need to work on that yeah you know? I mean well I think they feel like it's a gambling game everybody's going to go see a game a basketball game yeah but art is, is very subjective yes and what people want to see and what people connect with is up in the air. Yeah. And so for that reason, I don't really consider the work that I do to be important. I think what's most important is what people take from the content and yeah. and what they choose to do. Yeah. How they hey you know true uh, choose to be like pillars in their community yeah. or yeah. whatever have you. But yeah. I could just put the art out there and the decision is left up to the to the viewer. Absolutely. And then just uh, lastly, I just want to mention the other uh, theater piece that you're working on. The name of it is? Le- oh, Libidity. Libidity, yeah. Yes, I was like, I, I know I'll screw this up. So. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, it's labels, titles, and identity. It actually had um, a small short run in the L.A. Fringe last year. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much a, com- a comedian. It's set up the same way as Kathy's Daughter, uh, like a one-woman show but with an ensemble cast. Right. And, and you she- like writing comedy. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, dark comedy. Yeah, the darker forget- the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the more that we can laugh about the things that pain is the easier it is to get through it together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so pretty much you have a, a comedian who's basically saying, I hate labels, titles, and identity. Um, this character, of course, a woman of color, she was never black enough, she was never feminine enough, and she was never gay enough. So she's like, yeah. forget it all. Yeah. And um, she has different, you know, instances from her life and, and things, her thoughts just come to life with this ensemble cast behind her. And it, it's a great ride. 
I love sure. that. I love that. And um, and people could visit your website to see when you're going to be doing that show. Well, or? I don't have a, a website set up, but they can always follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Katrina, oh. K-A-T-R-I-N-A, Jolie, J-O-L-I, no space in between. Um, I Where guess. did I get Deaton? Oh, well, my no. Deaton, Deaton's my like uh, my my last name. That's my government name. Oh, gotcha. You but know. you go by Katrina Jolie. Jolie yeah. Oh, okay, good. good. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Good thing we met, let everybody know that. So that's how they'd find you on Facebook. Yeah, or Instagram. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. And they well, can follow what I'm doing. You uh, obviously are so talented. Everybody has a gift, and yours is writing. And it's nice that you use it for such meaningful um plays and films and just keep doing that wonderful work thank you i appreciate yeah, it it's such a beautiful thing thank you so uh we are going to be back next week uh with um dr king will be back on dr jerry king from uh, time magazine person of the year and you won't want to miss that so be sure to subscribe to us on youtube or follow us on your favorite podcast uh we really appreciate you tuning in and make it a great week hugs and happiness Thank you.